thank you for our precious church family. As we look around, just people we've been praying for, thinking about, not really being able to touch base with. Boy, it's so good to be back together. In all that we've done, we have tried to honor the Lord, and we're still still desiring to do that. Um, but boy, it's been tough. Let me pray, and then we'll get into the Word a little bit. Let's pray. Lord, how we love you, and we just trust you with all our hearts. We just bring our church family to you and our own families. We ask for your continued protection. We ask for your leading and guiding in all these areas that we're working our way through. We ask that we would be a testimony to this community in what we say and what we do as a church family. We thank you for this opportunity today, June 7th, to get back together, to worship you and lift you up and to glorify you. And oh, we do look forward to the day when we're able to be with you. Now, Lord, we ask for the blessing upon the reading of your word and the teaching of your word this morning. May you fill our hearts to overflowing with the joy that only you can give. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. If you don't have a Bible and you would like one, we've got some on the table over there, raise your hand and we'll get a Bible to you. We're in the Gospel of John. If you'll turn there, we're going to do an introduction this morning, but get into some of the verses. Anyone need a Bible that doesn't have one? They're coming your direction. Raise your hand. Gospel of John. So the Gospel of John was written, of course, by the Apostle John. The early church nicknamed him the Apostle of Love. But here's the interesting thing about this guy. The Apostle of Love, the one who wrote the Gospel, is called the Gospel of Love, mainly because of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, this guy was not always the apostle of love. Quite the contrary. Initially, he was more like a walking powder keg. He was a real hothead. Somebody crossed his path, uh, messed with his uh, direction. He let him know in no uncertain terms. And Jesus nicked, nicknamed him the Son of Thunder. Open your Bibles. Uh, we're going to look at June 9. We're going to see Stormy in action before we get to the Gospel of John. Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 55. And uh, came to pass that the time had come for him, Jesus, to be received up. In other words, it was time for him after the years of ministry, three years of ministry, to go to the cross to die for the sins of the world. 
So that's where he was headed. He was on the journey to Jerusalem, to the cross. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, verse 52. He sent messengers before his face as they went. They entered the village of the Samaritans. And you know a little story, the Samaritans and the Jews, they, they hated each other. So the Samaritans say, well, we'll worship over here. We don't want anything to do with Jerusalem or the Jewish religion. But Jesus was headed to Jerusalem. They didn't like that. And they sent, and they wanted to prepare for him to come to the Samaritan villages. But they did not receive him, verse 53, because... He, his face was set. He was going to Jerusalem. We don't want anything to do with him. And when his disciples, James and John, when they saw this, they go, huh, Lord, you know that story that you told us about Elijah and the word and, and you gave Elijah power when they didn't want anything to do with God? How would you like us? Should we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just like Elijah did? And he turned and rebuked them. He said, you do not know what spirit you are of. I love this. Here's the apostle of love. Okay? He's going, come on. These guys don't want you to be around. Let's toast them. Let's call fire down. Let's show them who you are. And Jesus answered, you don't understand. I didn't come to hurt. I came to heal. I didn't, I didn't come to... to uh, to blast people, I came to bless people. In fact, I'm going to the cross to give my very life for this world. That's when Mr. Stormy, Son of Thunder, I think that's when he began to change. I think he really, that Jesus got his attention. And he's beginning to open his heart to who Jesus really is. And the more time that he spent with Jesus, the more he changed. The more time he walked with Jesus, the more he changed. And the Bible talks about this process. I'm going to use the message translation, so if you don't have the message translation, you can just listen to what the message translation says in 2 Corinthians 3.18. It goes like this. All of us, nothing between us and God, our faces shining with the brightness of His face, and so we are transfigured. We're changed from the inside out. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. Isn't that our heart's desire? Amen. In other words, the Bible contends that we become more like Jesus when we spend time looking at Jesus, when we spend time walking with Jesus, when we spend time opening our hearts to Jesus. And John, the apostle of love, he knew this, and he stated it this way in his first epistle. Beloved, this is 1 John 3, 2. Now we are the children of God, and it has not been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, because we will see him in all his fullness and power and glory. And when you see Jesus, 
you can't help but be changed and become like him. John's point. This is John's point. number three on your notes. When we fix our eyes and hearts on Jesus, we cannot help but become more like him. So Jesus' disciples, they hung out with Jesus, and as we hang out with Jesus, as we go through this gospel, we're going to find ourselves taking on his characteristics more and more, his flavor, his love. We'll find our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as we behold the majesty of Christ. That's why this gospel and the gospels are so important. We'll see Jesus, and as we look upon him and we open our hearts to him, he will become more and more a part of our lives, and we will become more and more like Jesus. So, question. When did John finally become the apostle of love? Well, here's what I think. I think that day when Jesus went to the cross, I believe that's when John fully understood who Jesus was and the depth of his love. And he was just blown away. His heart broken, but his heart opened like never before. And I believe John realized how much Jesus loved him, the son of thunder. And I think it was at that time that that Jesus just freed John to let go of the old and to grab hold of Christ in him and to begin to love others with abandon. Perhaps that's why throughout the Gospel of John, John refers to himself as, hey, I'm the one that Jesus loved. Now, John knew that he was a son of thunder. He knew he had problems. And it was easy for for John to love Jesus. Uh, He loved Jesus who wouldn't love him. So gracious, so merciful, so powerful, so incredible. His words just uh, went through right to the heart. So kind. The real surprise, and this is what grabbed John, is that Jesus loved John just like he was. But he loved him so much, and John knew this, he couldn't stay the same. He had to become and open his heart to become more like Jesus. So my prayer as we study this gospel, like its author, the Son of Thunder, will be transformed, will grow, We will become gradually more brighter, more beautiful as Jesus is in our heart and we begin to be moved by knowing him better and better as we fall in love all over again with our Savior. So let's get to it. Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. Here we go. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, John marks Jesus' life, look at this verse carefully, as pre-time, pre-history, is certainly a mystery indeed. Someone who was before the beginning of eternity 
in the beginning was the Word. Not at the beginning or from the beginning, but in the beginning. You see, in the beginning, Jesus was already there. I love McGee's comments as he comments on this first verse. It says, Jesus comes out of eternity to meet us. He did not begin. In the beginning was the word. He was already there when the beginning was. Well, somebody says, there has to be a beginning somewhere. <laughs> All right. Wherever you began, there he is to meet you. He's already past tense. In the beginning was the Word. Five words in the original language, and there's not a man on top side of this earth who can put a date on it, understand it, or fathom it. The first, this first tremendous statement starts off in space. <laughs> un, ununderstandable, you see. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, the Hebrew word for God that we see in Genesis 1.1, right at the beginning of the Bible, is Elohim. There's actually another word for God in, in the Hebrew, and it's El. The writer could have used either word. But the spirit of the living God put the writer in the context of Elohim, not El. El means one singular period. Elohim means a compound unity of at least three in the Hebrew. And so way back in Genesis, we're given a clue to the mystery of our triune God. Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 1, just two short verses. Then God, Elohim, plural, compound one, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. But here in the gospel, John clears up the mystery why was Elohim used? Why a, a compound plural name for our one God? What's going on? Well, John clears up that mystery. It was Jesus, God the Son, who was with God the Father in the beginning. Look at verse 2. He, Jesus, God the Son, was in the beginning with God, God the Father. Contrary to the teaching of the cults, Jesus was not the first created being. He was already present in the beginning. He has always existed. Verse 3, And all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. All creation, everything that we see that has substance, and even the things that we can't see, but God created radio waves and all kinds of, of this creation is just abounding with all of God's and Jesus' creation. They were made by Jesus, including 
this Sunday, June 7th, 2020. We're outside this morning. Isn't this a beautiful setting? Isn't it great to be here? And the sun's shining. And fortunately, there's a little bit of shade because you... I, I appreciate the shade, and I appreciate that Jesus made the sun, that life is sustained because of what Jesus has made. And we're enjoying it. Psalms 19 has something to say about Jesus' creation and the universe that he created in all of his creation. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. But again, I want to go to the, to the uh, message translation. Just because it's a little different, maybe it'll get our attention more. Psalm 19, chap- chapter 19, verse 1. God's glory is on tour in the skies. Godcraft on exhibit across the horizon. When we started setting up this this morning, the sun was right over there. Now it's moving this way. It'll head on around. And the Bible talks about that. It says, Day holds classes every morning. Professor Knight lectures each evening. Unspoken truth is spoken everywhere. God makes a huge dome for the sun. A super dome. That's how God's word vaults across the skies from sunrise to sunset, melting ice, scorching deserts, warming hearts to the faith. I like that. John Corson did some math about God's creation, about our sun. Don't look directly at it, but maybe through the curtain or whatever, you can see it looks small, but it's actually incredibly huge. In fact, As John Corson shared the math, he says, Our sun is so big that 1,300,000 of our earths can fit inside the sun. But then he says, But our sun itself is actually kind of small compared to Antares, a star in our galaxy. Antares is so big that 64 of our suns can fit into it. But he says, now wait a minute, Antares is just kind of dinky compared to a a star named Hercules. 110 million Antares can fit inside of Hercules. So we kind of get an idea of, are you kidding me? The universe is so huge. 110 million Antares, each big enough to hold 64 of our suns, each big enough to hold 1,300,000 of our earths, all fit into this star that Jesus created. So when you stop and you consider Jesus' massive creation and power, we on earth are just, a, we're just specks on a speck in a speck. But mankind, don't we think that were rather spectacular. (laughs) And yet John says, no, let me show you who's spectacular. Here we see in this gospel, it's Jesus who is the one who is truly spectacular. John says, without him, nothing was made that was made. The atomic force we've learned that holds the atoms together, the building blocks, 
of God's creation. We, we don't know exactly, we haven't figured out how it works. It should just come unglued. And we've learned to unglue it, but what holds it together? Well, the Bible says, it, it says the holding together force of the creation, of the atom itself, is Jesus. Colossians 1.17, in him all things hold together. And there's coming a day when Jesus is just going to let go. And we looked at this in the book of Revelation. And then he will create a new heavens and a new earth. But when he lets go, Second Peter chapter 3 says, the old heavens will disappear with a roar. Today, he continues to hold the galaxies, the atoms, our lives together. Have you ever just pondered life itself. Remember as a grade schooler, just at Washington uh, grade school, just going out way out in the field, just laying down and the clouds would float over. And I just was pondering life. What is this all about? The Bible tells us that you were made by him. You were made for him. And that if you're not willing to trust your life to him, like an errant atom, you're going to one day just come unglued. You'll wonder if what makes sense in this life, if what you're doing, where you're going, is it worth all the effort? What's the purpose of life? Well, John gives us that answer. He says the secret of life is found here. It's found in our Creator, in Jesus. Look at verse 4. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. So we've looked at life, our genetics, our science. We can grow a baby in a test tube and implant that baby in a mother's womb. Uh, we can manipulate genes. We've even gotten to the place to where we can repair genes. Repair the DNA code. See, it's been mutated. There was a perfect design that Jesus designed. And it's been mutated and causes diseases. And we've even been able to repair that design and to cure some disease. Human, human scientists tinker with this life, with this programming, but they can't produce life. Life itself only comes from God. Jesus says, John says, excuse me, life originated in Jesus. In him was life. He's the essence of life. He's life in all its fullness. It is his life that brings light and a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11, future and a hope into a very dark world. We've seen the darkness of this world around us of late, haven't we? And John goes on, verse 5, and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. The Greek word for comprehend there is 
couple different meanings depending on the context. It can either mean extinguish or understand, comprehend, like it's translated here. Both meanings are applicable to this verse. The darkness could neither understand Jesus when he came, nor could they extinguish Jesus, nor could they put out his life permanently. For three hours the earth was darkened when it seemed the light of the, the light of this world was being extinguished, Matthew 27. But three days later, he rose from the grave. He's alive. And he's alive today. He's our Savior and Lord. And because he's alive, our sins are forgiven for eternity. He became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God through him. In our hearts, he's Revelation 22, the bright and morning star. In our hearts, Luke 178, he's the day spring from on high. The words of Jesus as we, as we bring this to a close. I have come that you may have life and that you might have it abundantly, both today and for eternity. So my prayer is as we begin to go through this gospel together, that as a church family and each one of us individually, like the author, that son of thunder, will be transformed. That our lives will gradually become brighter and more beautiful as Christ becomes larger and larger in our view, in our sight, as we walk with him and spend time with him, as we fall in love with him all over again. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It just literally blows my mind, our minds, when I consider how awesome, incredible, all-powerful our Savior is, Jesus, who chose to become one of us, become take on human flesh and blood so that we could know how great your love is. As the Apostle John witnessed you on the cross of Calvary, I believe his heart was completely changed forever. He was loved beyond his greatest imagination. And so are we. He gave his life completely to you. And Lord, that's our heart's desire. He fell in love with you. And he was amazed that he was the one that Jesus loved. Lord, we are just as amazed. We are the ones that you love. Lord, we worship you. Lift you up. Honor you this morning. Lord, work in our lives. Bring this about. Help us to take on your flavor, your love, your personality, everything about you, Lord. Help us become more like you in these days ahead as we go through this Gospel of John. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let's stand and close our service with a song. Okay, boy, is it great to see everybody. Thanks for coming today. And we got plenty of room. Bring a friend. And uh, the Lord is so good to have provided this place. And there's a bunch of folks that have worked really hard to get it all set up and ready for this. Let's give them a hand, huh? Okay. And there will be some elders in front to pray if you'd like to pray with someone. Coach Moore is back on his easy chair back there if you'd like to pray with Coach. And elbow somebody on the way out. May the Lord richly bless you. God bless.